What are you two talking about? Oh, nothing. Just the end of the world. And welcome to Who Pods the Watchman. My name is Grant Davis. I wanted to go ahead and give a little review of a special gift that we ended up getting here. Very surprised, but HBO went ahead and sent us this album two of the show within the show. This is covering, I guess, the the middle three episodes of I what they're kind of in a way breaking apart as a a trilogy here within the show. We were very grateful and surprised to get last week or a couple weeks ago, the first volume, which was titled sons of pale horse, a book of Rorschach. And these are little projects that are being put together by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, who are the composers for the Watchmen miniseries. And yeah, <laughs> oh, once again, one, at the conclusion of uh, episode six, they sent us this volume two. And whereas the first one was based on this fictional band, Sons of Pale Horse, which was a a band that came on the heels of the original Pale Horse band, which died in the squid attack and did a memorial album going into a lot of the conspiracy theory stuff around um, Rorschach and the squid attack. This one is all centered around the show within the show, American Hero Story. Very, uh, very cool idea. And just taking a look at it, first off, we got two things in here. We got this, and then we also got this little envelope that accompanies it. It says volume two here. I'm going to hold it up to the camera for those of you watching on our YouTube live stream. It says volume two. It's really hard to see. On the back, there is... Little blood splatter sticker going on here. And if I take a look inside, there's a card. It says Trent Reznor, Watchmen, Atticus Ross, Volume 2, branded on there. And it includes a list of the tracks on both side A and side B here. I'll I'll read those off. They are um, on side A, includes Trust in the Law, the Bass Reeves movie in the very beginning of uh, episode one. He was never here. Kicked in the balls again. A traveler from an antique land, losing face and squid pro quo. The side B includes your name is Angela Abar. Nostalgia blues. Pay no attention to the cactus. I think that's my favorite title here. Seven years of bad luck. The dark nut returns, which is K-N-U-T. Grabe Me a Terrorist, which is like Abu Grabe, and Dreamland Jazz. Then on the back, it's got some credits here. And taking a look at the album itself, we of course are gracing the cover is the the uh, cover art presumably used for season two of American Hero Story. What we're taking a look, the show within the show features the second season of this television show, American Hero Story, which is all centered around the story of Hooded Justice. The second season they've written about was focused on um, Rorschach. And in a way, that's kind of playing off of 
the original Watchmen comic book being a, a, a story where the main protagonist is Rorschach. And in this one, I guess they're kind of arguing that the main protagonist, uh, for the purposes of this show within the show, is Hooded Justice. And we have the um, one played, the character played by Cheyenne Jackson. You can see his very, very notable eyes, I think, peeking through here. And you can tell that's that same actor. And on front here, it's got not only him, it's got a little bit of a detailed um, map of, I'm guessing it's going to be New York, kind of an overhead map of it. It's lightly detailed on here. And let me see if there's anything that I can definitely identify. I'm not as familiar with New York. I'm just guessing based on the fact that Hooded Justice operated out of Queens. There's a warning label here that says, Warning, this content has been deemed satirical by the Redford administration. If the facetious intent of this artist is misconstrued, this material might be harmful to men, women, children, mascophobes, and survivors of the 11-2 psychic shockwave. Consult the Red Code Index. Be advised. And it says bonus materials. There's an episode guide and a band question mark. It says behind the scenes of the controversial season finale. On the back, we have some uh, very, uh, very suggestive and very graphic um, shots here. They're all bathed in a red light. And you have a hand with a knife. Someone grabbing their their leather leather belt. Everything feels a little bit gritty and raw, and it's also got the listing of the soundtrack according to American Hero Story. So what we're presented with is two different titles corresponding to this. There's the titles that work within the operating system of this being an American Hero Story uh, album, and then the actual titles based upon. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross composing this for the Watchmen TV show. So on side one here, it says that the very first um, song is called Mystery Man, which is the Hooded Justice theme. Two is Plastic Soul, the Captain Metropolis theme. Three, Novelty Act, Night Owl theme. Four, Kids Stuff, Silhouette theme. Five, Razzle Dazzle, the Silk Spectre theme. Then there's Surrender Dorothy, Reign of the Super Duper Men. So it has a seventh track listed here where it only lists six on on the card that we were looking at earlier. And then on side two, it says Crazy Clown Time, the comedian theme. The Future is Crisis, the Mothman theme. The Problem with Bank Doors, Dollar Bill theme. And Dollar Bill, the Minuteman character, died when his cape got stuck in a door during a bank robbery and the bank robber shot him in the head. And... Num- uh, the fourth track on side B is Sex Stuff, then there's Nostalgia Trap, Meta Gala, and Reboot, which says Toward Less Obvious Forms of Heroism. And that is, oh, this is produced by JT March III, who is the showrunner for the American Hero Story show. And Chicken Fat Slim is the musical composer for that show within the show. I'm guessing that's a play off of Fat Boy Slim. Chicken Fat Slim. Pretty amusing stuff. Going to go ahead and open this up and take a look at what's inside. We got the sleeve here, and it's got two sides of it that have a bunch of details on it. The first one is listing 
all of the tracks that are on side A. No, this is actually listing the episodes for the second season of the show and a little bit of a synopsis for what the show within the show is, which, again, is very impressive, this idea that the Watchmen creators not only wrote their whole show, but they wrote an entire outline plot for the show within the show. And you can get a sense of what they had envisioned the second season of American Hero Story being just by reading this uh, synopsis. And I'm not going to read the whole thing for you guys. I'm sure you can look that up online, but I do want to point out a few of the elements of this that I I think uh, stand out to me here. It's got six episodes, which are titled Reigning Superman, Maiden Forms, Razzle Dazzle, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, or just three. (laughs) It's got an ellipses, or just three. Uh, Internal Affairs and Reboot. And essentially what their season is going into, it's going into the history of the Minutemen, but it seems like a if, if we based what we know of the Minutemen off of the original comic book, it seems like this is a little bit of a, a bastardization of that and a fudging of details with a very strong intent towards sensationalism. And however you want to read into that, I think it's uh, it's kind of funny. Um, but it, it definitely starts with the idea that a hero is born in Hooded Justice, and that's the inspiration for the forming of other characters. In the second episode, the silhouette, uh, the femme fatale, is introduced. It talks about her bonding or joining forces with Captain Metropolis, and that's the inspiration for starting the Minutemen. Uh, starting a, a super team. They talk about Silk Spectre being uh, a person who would actually stage crimes in order to thwart them. So she's definitely more in it for the the limelight and being an opportunist than actually necessarily a crime fighter. And yet she raises her daughter to legitimately be walking the streets being a crime fighter. I think it's an interesting little detail in how they're kind of framing the characters. They discuss that there was a, an attempt to kidnap Judy Garland, who was Dorothy in Wizard of Oz during the premiere of Wizard of Oz, and that was a crime that they thwarted. They talk about a lot of um, tensions in, in fighting Moloch the Mystic, who was taking Macy's Day uh, balloons and turning them into hydrogen bombs, and they had to stop this kind of crime. There's a lot of... <laughs> Uh, essentially, in not knowing who Hooded Justice actually is, they posit a theory within this show that he's a guy who suffers from multiple personality disorder. Then they go on to list that he is he Arturo Kranz, Nazi super soldier, Anatoly Tarkovsky, Soviet subversive with psychic powers or Arthur Mann, a comic book artist so obsessed with superheroes he decides to become a real one. First off, it's funny because this seems like a little bit of a riff on uh, the movie Split with James McAvoy, this character who's got multiple personalities and it is crazy and no one can figure out who he is because he himself doesn't know who he is. Uh I guess you could also attribute that kind of character to like um, Moon Knight or um, what's her name from uh, Doom Patrol. 
the name's escaping me. But Arthur Mann is one character I want to zoom in on, this potential pseudonym of Hooded Justice. Arthur Mann, a comic book artist so obsessed with superheroes, he decides to become a real one. They later mention again that Arthur Mann is this um, character who's creating comic books within the world of this show, which exists within the world of Watchmen. And that character um, makes these comics, I guess, the show within the show. This is getting super meta. Um, They actually marketed these comic books by an Arthur Mann. And I can't help but think that that is a reference to Alan Moore. Arthur Mann's supposed to stand for Alan Moore. It's the same initials. He's a comic book artist who wants to be a superhero. I think they're taking a little bit of a light jab at um, Alan Moore there. And I appreciate that a lot. There's also some of the issues going on with a lot of uh, McCarthyism. Uh, They talk about the racism and um, bigotry that exists during this time period and how that tension kind of plays within the Minutemen, especially with a character like Silhouette, who is lesbian. And then it kind of wraps up with a, it says, uh, the, the stunning end is a theory of like what happened to what happened to uh, Hooded Justice and how other characters kind of tragically died. It's kind of doing a, a quick wrap-up of a lot of these characters' story beats because if we flip over to this other side, there's an interview with the creator who's given a, a, a blurred-out face here in this shot of the scene we saw where they're filming the Hooded Justice. And the creator or showrunner named uh, J.T. March the Third who is actually the, um, the grandson of James Trafford March, who was involved in Adrian Veidt's squid plan. Um, he says that the reason there's only six episodes was because of their, there was a writer's strike. Everything got truncated. And as a result, they had to cut out a lot of plots and kind of, in a way, erase a lot of history behind the show. They had some other whole subplot he talks about where there's this character named Zelda who's this uh, woman behind the scenes helping Hooded Justice. In a way, this is a um, this is a tie-in to June from uh, the real show who's helping Will Reeves or like an Oracle-type character with Batman or whatever. But in the larger context, it's talking about how elements of actual history get lost in just how they want to portray this for the sensationalism, for uh, pop culture, for fast, easy delivery. Things get whitewashed. Things get coded over. I think that says a lot about the first black superhero being transformed in American culture to being assumed as white and that being the inspiration for a bunch of white superheroes. Um, it, it's interesting kind of listening, uh, reading through this whole um, interview. Talks about a lot of the inspiration for this show, how they how they shot a lot of things. There's, there was uh, the band finale that they had shot. There's definitely a, a reference to this being akin to the Snyder Cut of um, the, the release of Snyder Cut is now being um, championed online for anyone who's unfamiliar with the uh, 
the Justice League movie that he filmed. Snyder released Zack Snyder, who filmed the original Watchmen, also had created a um he had also created a, an ultimate cut for the Watchmen. So this is kind of parodying that where they're like, oh, there was this uncut version, the the director's cut, and people wanted to see it, and a lot of things had to be cut out from that. He's claiming he's happy with how all of that worked out, but at the same time, he mentions, oh, yeah, there's there was an orgy scene in my initial cut. It says, eight continu- continuous minutes of simulated hardcore sex shot on Steadicam on a working blimp involving 200 extras, 22 different species of animal, and untold gallons of potato soup. Just ridiculous. Um, I recommend if you guys get a chance, you should definitely read about all of this. There's suggestions that the initial cut was um, nixed, not because of the writer's strike or whatever strike was going on that truncated the season within of the show within the show, but because Senator Joe Keane had in, intervened because he didn't like the portrayal of his father, uh, Senator David Keane, who did the Keene Act, um, being uh, it being hinted, hinted that he was actually a member of the Cyclops, the white supremacist group. And, of course, that plays into the main show storyline. If I go ahead and pull out the record, you can see both sides here. You got um, side one, which is titled We Can Be Heroes and has all the listing of those same tracks I'd mentioned before. Side B is... Who am I? Which I guess, or side two rather, uh, who am I? Goes into uh, hooded justice and him potentially having um, multiple personalities and not knowing who he is. And again, it lists all the tracks there. There's one other item that was included in this, and it's a little newspaper clipping from June 1st, 1955. There is, on one side, there's mainly a story about Oklahoma Senator slams hooded justice for defying HUAC. And this is an article written by June Abar, who we know from the show. Um, And it says, special thanks to the Tulsa Star Sentinel. Obviously, she's writing for them, and this other newspaper picked up the same story to reprint it. But it is discussing how, essentially... Uh, Senator Keene, the first, the one who did the Keene Act, who's the father of our Senator Joe Keene in the show, uh, took issue with Hooded Justice, who's um, championing that there needs to be a lot more of a, uh, that there's there's a big conspiracy and there needs to be um, justice and accountability for this. There's a tie between um, Senator... Keen and the original uh, Crawford. Wait, where was his name? Dale Crawford, Sheriff Dale Crawford of Tulsa. So there's a link that Crawford, Judd Crawford, our Judd Crawford, is the son of uh, Sheriff Dale Crawford, and it's a lineage thing passed down. And his father was friends with Senator. Dale Keene, or David Keene, rather, and now both sons, we now know, are friends as well, and this is a lineage, a dynasty, of, uh, and an alliance in two power structures 
that have continued this um, secret racist um, mission and how, how they link those two together. I think it's interesting to see, oh, it's, it's passed down and it's, it's uh, a vast and insidious conspiracy of sorts. There's a little circled area right here where when they're talking to people, they're talking to uh, associates of hooded justice. They got little poll quotes from Captain Metropolis and comedian um, who were uh, comedian basically said hooded justice was always a weirdo. If you ask me, it'd be better for everyone to just, you know, if he faded away, um, I don't think he'd like the alternative suggesting that if he doesn't disappear, he'll get killed. And then they say, oh, we went ahead and talked to some of the NYPD's Black Officers Union, and we ended up talking to an officer, uh, a Lieutenant William Reeves of the NYPD, who essentially agrees with the comedian, saying, look, it's heartening to see someone like Hooded Justice finally voice some kind of sentiment that speaks to the concerns of the Black community, but I think all those do-gooders could find other, better, healthier ways to keep the community safe. It's time for mask vigilantes to hang up the capes and let the guys with the badges do the job of policing. We're far from perfect ourselves and we have to get our own houses in, house in order, but, but the public deserves watchmen they can trust. And I don't think anyone can trust someone who wears a mask. Obviously a very loaded statement and you can, you can in a way understand why he would make a statement like that in a cover your ass kind of, capacity of yeah i disagree with them because i'm definitely not hooded justice but at the same time i think there's a lot of um i i would think that he would agree a lot with a sentiment there that i think what we saw of will reeves is that he has a compulsion to be hooded justice but he doesn't necessarily want to be hooded justice he would love if there was a just system where he could just put his trust in the police force to take care of this. And he recognizes that the police force just needs to clean up its act and be able to take control of this because he's seen what other people wearing masks are doing. And I think he had a lot of friction and a lot of disagreements with his fellow Minutemen. So he probably isn't fully on board with how they've, compose themselves and he, he wants that degree of, of accountability there. So yeah, that's, this is the album that we got on the backside of this little news clipping. There's a little bit of uh, additional information here. It has uh, an, an advertisement for milk because it's, it's uh, best for your body or whatever it's saying here. Um, there's a, an item about the traveling circus coming to Tulsa. Uh, however, unfortunately, um, Ralph Muller, who was the person that they framed for or set up or thought was original Hooded Justice, uh, was going to be unable to attend because of prior commitments. There's a news note about um, a bank closing and those, uh, let me see if that's, yeah, I don't know, that seems kind of unrelated just something about a, a, a bank closing something about uh thurgood marshall and how people are being uh denied bank loans so uh more problems with 
yeah, I didn't I didn't fully read that one. Um, this one up here is talking about uh, the debut of a bunch of movies in town, including Trust in the Law, which got a little poster here. And then there's a, a book release as well. So some other little uh, Easter eggs and tidbits that you can kind of dive into. And yeah, that's it. I think that mostly covers it. I don't know if there was any um, comments or anything on here. I did not load that properly. But I want to thank everyone who did tune in. And I would really like to go ahead and thank HBO and Watchmen for sending us this album. This is super cool. Again, I would encourage you guys, if you don't go out and buy the vinyl itself, to at least try and find a copy of this online so you can read more in depth about like the interview that's going on on the cover and uh, the details of how they outline that the American Hero Story season would, uh, would have been unfolding. One of these other great uh, content warnings you see up here in, in red. It's really hard to read, but it says... Um, content warnings include language, violence, nudity, sex, political satire, toxic masculinity, sexism, racism, anti-Semitism, hate crimes, religious intolerance, sexual assault, capitalist critique, animal cruelty, miscellaneous biases, bigotries, and prejudices. And each of them has a little bit of an acronym. And then each of those acronyms, if they're present in a particular episode, are listed and Pretty much every single one of them is listed in every single episode. So it's funny. These are really cleverly branded. I know that I'm giving a review and critique of a record, but I'm not actually listening to the music uh, on this episode. But I know that the episode music is up and available for you guys to go ahead and check out. You can download the album. You can go listen to it on Spotify or whatever um, listening app if it's been uploaded there. But... Yeah, I think this is a really cool gift that they provided us, and I would love to hear y'all's theories. If you guys have any, if you've dug into this and found other Easter eggs or things I've obviously missed in pouring over this, uh, go ahead and add them to the comments here and uh, share your thoughts on this. We will be back later this week doing more discussion about the episode itself, episode seven. And if you guys are supporting us over on Patreon, patreon.com slash whopodsawatchman, there we're going to be putting up some additional little thoughts and musings about, uh, in particular, a lot of the reaction to this week's episode and some of the fan theories that have been popping up. So we would love your support there. You can make a monthly pledge and join us over there and join in the discussion of everything that we're going on we're discussing here about Watchmen. This has been great. We'll be back again later this week, but of course at 10 p.m. Central on Sunday night to talk about episode eight, the penultimate episode. We're super excited about it. We hope you guys are too. And until then, we'll be watching. It's not my catchphrase. I don't even know why I'm saying that. But bye. Bye.